This episode of Up for Discussion is brought to you in part by Moonbase Theta Out, a 2020 Webby Award-nominated queer sci-fi drama set in 2098 on the last active Moonbase as the comms lead tries to hold things together to get home to his husband on Earth. They're well into their third season with lots of good feels and tardigrades. And you might even hear my voice on a couple episodes. Listen to Moonbase Theta Out wherever you get your podcasts or at monkeymanproductions.com. This episode of the Up for Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Launched in Kelowna, BC, and now expanding to Montreal, Whiskey Lane is on a mission to share their obsession with quality food and drinks with growing audiences by keeping the best local flavors on their minds and on their tongues. No matter what your business needs to grow, Whiskey Lane knows how to make it happen. Whiskey Lane, bringing long lines to the producers of specialty food and drinks. Go to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And that's whiskey the Canadian way, without an E. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to episode 317 of Up for Discussion, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Look, everybody loves watching cooking competition shows, seeing professional chefs go head-to-head using limited ingredients with intense challenges and set amounts of time, watching them whip up brilliant dishes under pressure, but what if a culinary competition show eliminated the chefs? What if we pitted the foods against each other, round after round, to determine the best food of the year? This is that competition. This is Munch Madness. Before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated in Jojage, in the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important to remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and to engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. Let's get into it. Today's first round matchups are between last year's runner-up Garlic and 15th seed Fish, and between 7th seed Ramen and 10th seed Dumplings. Will Garlic push its way back up to the finals again this year, or will the underdog swim upstream and give us our first upset of the year? And which tasty Asian lunch treat will reign supreme? I know exactly who I'd vote for were it up to me, but it's not, at all. I have no say in any of this. I'm just here to run the show. Every week here on Munch Madness, I call up two guest judges to defend their favorites and cast their votes. And if we get a tie, I call up a third surprise judge to break it. All right, let's get into it. So my first guest on this episode of Up for Discussion, Munch Madness, to help me figure out who is going forward in matchups five and six is none other than Emily McGinnis. Emily is an author and also the co-creator of The Zombie Game, which uh, I will include a link to in the description of this episode so you can go check it out. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for uh, having me hang out. I'm ready to talk food. All right. Let's not dilly-dally. Let's get right into it. That's uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so our first matchup in this uh, this episode is our second seed garlic versus our 15th seed fish. Who do you have for this one and why? Uh, all right. So I, th- this was uh, part of me, like my head exploded because this is such a broad category, like in terms of fish, you know, so (laughs) let me say first, first of all, though, because it was such a broad, broad category, my choice had to be garlic. Okay. Because it was 
far superior because there's just too much within fish. You know, there's like tilapia, the styrofoam peanut of the sea, versus one of the best things I've ever eaten was a sea bass on a 500-year-old grill in Lisbon, right? Ooh. So so there's there's such a wide range of fish that like it almost disqualifies itself as a category. Garlic <laughs> is clearly far superior because, first off, it can clone itself. I don't see fish going around cloning themselves. So, I mean, that's kind of what like normal reproductive s- systems are like, though, right? Fish do, you know, lay eggs and fertilize them and whatnot. Right, but like, okay, so like if we have if we have no more female or no more male fish, like we just have no more fish. But if you have no more male or female garlic, we still get garlic. Like okay. clearly evolutionarily superior to fish. Sure, okay. Can, I can see that. If they can clone themselves. Yeah, like, I guess by virtue of being a plant, it's a little bit easier for them to just sort of multiply. Sure, okay, that's fair. That's, <laughs> that's fair. They, you know, we they people still think, you know, plants have at least basic nervous systems. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to say that they are alive in, in some capacity. Sure. So there you go. Okay, so garlic over fish. Fair enough. I, I can't yeah. say that I disagree with that one. I'm uh, I'm not a huge fish person. Like, I think I'm with you on the, like, fish is just too broad a category for me to say, like, overwhelmingly that fish is better than garlic. And that's mm-hmm. saying something because I have a garlic allergy. Oh. <laughs> and I would still vote for garlic, I think. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, we have an entire restaurant in L.A. dedicated to garlic. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure your listeners have... If if you have not, you are you're missing like an essential in your life. If you have not roasted a whole bulb of garlic to the point of like creamy, caramelized perfection and just eaten it straight into your mouth, like you you have not lived. As much as that sounds like it would kill me, I also kind of want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's a fair assessment. I I think that's a fair assessment of the power of garlic. And, like, fascinatingly, if you have not watched Rotten on Netflix, Mm. there is actually an entire garlic episode. So garlic is actually semi-political as well. Hmm. That's good to know. I uh, I have looked at Rotten on Netflix and I've put it on my list and I have not gotten around to watching it. It's good? It's worth it? It's it's worth it. It's worth it. They they don't like super deep if you really want to like geek out about uh like the food aspects. It's uh, it's more I would say like the politics and some like interesting stories about the economics behind it more than like food. Okay. All right, I think I can get into that. That sounds like fun. It's so it's such it's such a they have a, a bunch of good episodes. Next time that I'm like looking to learn a little bit about the politics of garlic, I will. Uh, <laughs> you know, this guy Dracula, really not a big fan. Um, all right, well, cool. So that's one vote for garlic. Now we'll move on to the next matchup, which is our seventh seed ramen versus our tenth seed dumplings. And this one was tough. This is tough because both are delicious, but I'm, I'm going to go with dumplings for the exact opposite reason I went with garlic because dumplings are such a broad, delicious category that no matter what, you're going to find something that you like. Yeah, I get that. I was um, I was talking to my co-host Matt Cole about that a little while ago, how like 
you know, there are so many different kinds of dumpling, right? There's so many different things that dumpling can mean across cultures. And so like, and I was talking to um, Julian McKenzie about this last week, how, you know, for him growing up in a Caribbean household, dumpling is a different thing from, you know, the dumplings that we think of, you know, going to a dumpling shop and having, you know, either steamed or fried little pouches of food. And I think that there's something really cool about a food that like, has different meanings across cultures and i think even like even just looking at foods that are sort of a pouch of dough with stuff inside like you know pierogies are kind of a dumpling and like raviolis yeah exactly pop tarts i think we made the case um so i I totally agree i would i would also go for dumplings in this round were i to actually have a vote which i do not have you ever had Russian pilmeni? I have not, but I have seen the same episode of guys of uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives over and over again, where a guy goes to a restaurant that sells them, and I really want it. Oh my goodness! So like, and I I can't I think I've seen that episode too, and I I can't remember <laughs> if they did it the tr- traditional way, but like you you pour straight white vinegar, <laughs> and well, I mean you have the dumpling like in a bowl, like you would have ravioli. It's uh like straight, straight white vinegar, just a ton of butter and dill and maybe a little salt and pepper if you're you're f- feeling fancy. <laughs> and you're like, how could butter and like vinegar and dill come together with like this pillowy, usually potato uh, filling? But it because it it's like astringent but fatty at the same time. And the dill adds like a brightness and somehow it all comes together. It, it's like one of the only Russian foods I actually like because it's very, their cuisine is very um, like vinegar heavy, very like pickled and mm-hmm. uh, salty. But like there's just some magic combination, right? Where it's always like salt, fat, acid and heat that, that come together. And although there's no, no heat, I would argue a little bit of like chili flakes in there would might top this off perfectly. So if you you haven't tried it and that, that's just one example, but you, you're so right about there's dumplings in every, every culture, whatever you want to call them empanadas, technically dumplings. Right. And dumplings in soup. We, we talk about in like southern soups or in like chicken soups where you kind of make like basically like a dough ball in it are technically like even though they don't have a filling inside are a different version of what they still call dumplings um so it's so much more than just the five million asian versions because they're all even the Asian versions are all different across like Southeast Asia versus uh, different parts of China versus uh, Japan. So it, it's just so versatile. It, it's it's amazing that every culture has them. Yeah, I love it. I uh, Montreal, so, so we're Montreal based and like we have like a pretty decent dumpling situation here in that we have a mm-hmm. lot of sort of I think primarily a lot of Chinese dumpling places so a lot of you know mm-hmm. steamed dumplings that you can also order fried for an extra dollar and like I usually get those because I like the crunch but like mm-hmm. I don't know off the top of my head that we have very much variety otherwise I know you know any Japanese restaurant or Korean restaurant you go to will also have like a version of a dumpling and usually they're mm-hmm. fried and a little crispier um but yeah I, I love that the like 
I love the phenomenon of going out to a dumpling place, especially, right? Where like mm-hmm. it's almost it's almost like going to an all you can eat sushi place in that you like <laughs> right? sit down and you order a bunch of stuff and share it at the table, but like you don't I I have never been to an all you can eat dumpling place. If that exists, mm-hmm. that sounds great, but usually it's like per plate. But I just love like the the communal eating experience of like sitting down at the table and they bring you like three or four steamer baskets with different dumplings Mm -hmm. in them and when they first take the lids off you have no idea what each of them are so you have to like go around and try all of them and be like oh this one's beef and curry this one is chicken and onion this one is the pork leek and shrimp okay I love that I think there's something really cool about that yeah absolutely and you know like bao are also technically a a baked dumpling or steamed dumpling right so uh, that was like one of the first like amazing experiences I ever had with dumplings. That was more than just like, oh, it's a side on like a Chinese food menu. And I have subsequently attempted to make them. How'd it go? Fail miserably. Oh no. <laughs> that there is there is such technique involved in like folding these dumplings. Uh, ten times I'm ten times better at empanadas because it's more like a hand pie like a pasty sure um so it's it's at least more like a pocket but there's some sort of like magic that clearly takes like dedicated years (laughs) of figuring out how to fold these things so that they they don't look like uh a mess (laughs) yeah absolutely my um my kid has a book that she loves called amy woo and the perfect bow uh, mm-hmm. It's like a kid's book, picture book about a kid who um, I can't remember offhand exactly what it is, but like basically her family is making bow and she's little, so her hands can't like make it perfect because it's mm-hmm. you know it's a lot of you know dexterity with your fingers that she doesn't have because she's a little kid, and eventually she realizes if she makes them her size, she can do them perfectly. Mm. Uh, it's cute, um, but then I think at the back of the book, if I'm remembering this right, there's actually kind of a step-by-step instruction of like how to make bow properly. So uh, <laughs> if, if you're still trying to perfect it, I would highly recommend Amy Wu and the Perfect Bow. Oh my god, yes, please, everyone, go pick it up because I have watched so many TikTok videos. So many YouTube videos, <laughs> and the, and it looks so easy. It's like you know you have kind of like more of the mass at the center so that you can actually like you have like a base for it, and then you kind of like thin out the edges and and you kind of cup it in your hand, and then there's some something that gets lost in the middle where there's some there's like crimping and folding, but you can't tear it, and then our American sensibilities are like, I'm just going to cram this thing full of meat, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And that is not the thing to do. That is not the solution. (laughs) Right. Nine times out of 10, that is the solution. But this is the one time when it's not. (laughs) Correct. Like, maybe you can stuff your empanada full of as much as you want. But like, if you try to do this with bao, you are ruining the ratio (laughs) of soft, fluffy, amazing, steamy bread-like dough to probably like a char siu barbecue pork filling, which was like the most common one I... I found so like you're just destroying it you're (laughs) just you're destroying it if you try to like America (laughs) (laughs) your bow don't do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um well on the topic of things that like to get stuffed with a lot of meat 
tell my listeners about the zombie game. Yeah, How's that for a absolutely. Segue? That was a great segue. That was great. That was great. So, um, so listeners, if you have never picked up a graphic novel, which is just a fancy word for a comic book, I highly recommend that this be your first comic book. Why do I say that? Because a comic book is just like a movie. And you're going to go find the best food to pair with this amazing zombie graphic novel. We're starting our Kickstarter on March 30th, where you can get some uh, awesome extras. And we have, just again, just think of it like a movie. You know, you got your popcorn, you got your soda, you got some uh, snacks. And like it's your comic, you you get to control uh, how fast you read it, and who cares if you get uh, buttery popcorn fingers all over it? It's your book. So check us out on Kickstarter. Even if you're not into zombies, it's a great story about outcasts who come together and uh, use their their weirdness to to overcome the zombie horde. It will be. Available on Kickstarter March 30th, and you can find us anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and on Kickstarter at The Zombie Game. Sweet. And I will put a link in the description of this episode to the Kickstarter page for ease of access. Well, Emily, thank you so much. This was great. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really fun. Do you have any final thoughts on garlic or dumplings? Or if you want, uh, I think that they will be against each other in the corner finals. If they win, obviously. I mean, who do, I don't oh. know who else is voting. If Assuming that Garlic and Dumplings both move forward, who who would you pick in the next round? Oh, ouch. <laughs> mm. um, I, you know, I think it would have to be Garlic because it is, it's so, it, it is like the base of so many things. And like, su- supposedly it has healing properties as well, which, which we can't necessarily say about dumplings. So it's sure. been around for thousands of years for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, garlic is our second seed for a reason, right? It, uh, it right. was the other finalist last year and lost out to pasta. Uh, I will say, <gasps> you know, for me, garlic does not have healing properties, but, uh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> I still think, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd be torn on this one. I think if I was voting, I would go dumplings over garlic. But yeah. I mean, I think that's entirely a like allergy bias. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there there's a fair case to be to be made. Like, I there's there's a case to be made where you could literally eat dumplings for the rest of your life, and you would not eat the same dumpling twice. It's true. There's also a case to be made that I could just eat garlic for the rest of my life and just have a considerably shorter life. Yeah, it would be a short a short life. You're right. <laughs> oh man. Do you have any social media accounts that you want people to follow and find you at? If so, now is the time to plug them. Yeah, absolutely. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Zombie Game. Uh, we're we're over there talking uh, cool horror and uh, food on occasion. Sweet. Well, Emily, thank you so much for uh, for phoning in and voting, and uh, I hope you have a great day. Great. Thanks so much. This episode of Up for Discussion is brought to you in part by an anonymous donation on behalf of Welcome Hall Mission. Welcome Hall Mission was established in 1892, and it's the largest doorway to help Montrealers in need. Tons of programs are available to support homeless people, young single mothers, families, and at-risk youth. 
They provide hope through concrete actions and effective solutions. If you're someone in Montreal who's in need, please check them out. And if you're not, but you want to help them out with something, go to their website at the link in the description below and learn about the ways that you can support the Welcome Hall mission. Morning voice. Morning voice. I'm recording in the morning. It's a morning voice. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review I get during the month of March, I'm donating $2 to The Depot, my local food bank here in Montreal. They can turn every $1 into $3, which means that your free rating and review does $6 of good for a family in need. That means you turn zero into six. It's the only time that you can multiply something by zero and have it actually turn into a number. Think about that for a minute. You're breaking math. Break the math. Leave a rating and review and read all about The Depot in the description below. I also wanted to let you know that our network is in the middle of a massive fundraising campaign over on Indiegogo. At the time of recording, we've raised just over $3,300, which is a hard number for me to say because I have a lisp. We've surpassed our original goal, and now we can move on to our first stretch goal, where, if we can raise $5,000, we'll be able to donate a full recording setup to two local youth centers here in NDG. I'm really excited to say that we're partnering with the Walkley Center and the St. Raymond Center, two fantastic community organizations to help them create space for the young people in our area to make their voices heard. So if you are passionate about youth being able to get into online media and tell their stories and put their thoughts and feelings out into the universe, please consider supporting our fundraiser. It is really, really a project that's been on my heart for a super long time, and it would really, really be awesome if you helped us out with it. There's a lot of awesome perks in it for you as well, so even if you don't super duper care about the cause, but you like getting perks, there are a lot of them available to donors. And if money is tight, we also have a really great referral contest going on, where you can win over $200 in perks just by getting your friends to donate on your behalf. And honestly, at the time of recording, not a lot of people have taken advantage of that yet, so you'd really only have to get a couple of friends to donate in order to win all those perks, which like takes like maybe half an hour of like dedicated messaging your friends time. And if you want help, figuring out how to get your referral link or need some scripts of things that you can say to your friends to get them to donate, you know how to reach me. I'm happy to help you out with that because I really want us to succeed at this fundraiser. Okay, back to the show. So my next guest here on uh, for Discussion Munch Men is 2021 first round matchups, uh, matchup number five and matchup number six. Do you think that there could be any more words possible for the caveat of the start of an episode? <laughs> Who knows? But my next guest on this episode is none other than Rachel James. Rachel is a young chef based here in Montreal who I've known for a really, really long time and have always been super duper impressed with. Uh, you should absolutely check out her Instagram linked in the description of this episode to see all of the very cool stuff that she's been working on. Uh, not that long ago, a lot of homemade chocolates and things that I was like, oh crap, I really want to go get those. But also so it's COVID and I can't. It has been a major regret of my life ever since. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Welcome back. The last time we heard from you was, uh, I think you were maybe our very first pandemic guest. <laughs> you might yes, have been... I remember that. <laughs> How has this year treated you? It's. I feel like just like everyone, it's had a lot of ups and downs. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. You know, some days it's really hard and I'm like, oh, I miss my friends. Other days, I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm going on walks and stuff. I'm self-love. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take the bad with the good, put them together, and yep. that's the facts of life. That's it. Yep. That's it. I'm not trying to keep an optimistic point of view, you know? <laughs> vaccines are rolling out. Everything is going to be okay. <laughs> that's it. Now that now that vaccines have started rolling out, I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> this could be worse. <laughs> but man, yeah. it, was, it was pretty worse for a while there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah, like not being able to have a Christmas and, uh, you know, just not being able to see any of the 
people I love, you know, mm-hmm. my family. It's definitely been a bit of a rough one. Yeah. Well, let's let's move into something uh, that is always a positive and happy thing, <laughs> and that is deciding what food is best. Yay! <laughs> Um, so in our fifth matchup here in round one, we have the second seed garlic versus the 15th seed fish. Now, garlic, of course, was the runner up in last year's tournament. And uh, fish is uh, fish was in last year's tournament. I don't remember offhand when it got eliminated, but it was the uh, 15th seed this year, which means that it just barely made the bracket. But I don't know. It's it's kind of anybody's game. Rachel, what do you think? Yep. So personally, um, I love garlic. Okay. It is it's great. You know, you can ferment it. You can. It's very versatile. You can put it in so many different things to add a nice a nice touch. But I don't know. I am a, a huge seafood lover. I really love fish, and I think that um, fish as well. It's like it's very versatile, and it's just you know it's a nice protein, and you can really add it to any dish really you can add it to different bowls it's healthy it's delicious there's you know you can poach it you can bake it you can sear it you can barbecue it there's so many different things that you can do so i personally have to go with fish okay i'm afraid i feel like a lot of people mad garlic <laughs> <laughs> so much but i don't know i'm really a fish lover it's so good for you and it's so delicious fair enough yeah it's interesting i um i can tell you this cuz you're the second person i can't ever tell the first person what's going on but i can tell you <laughs> The first person voted garlic, which means I am going to have to bring in a tiebreaker for this. But that's kind of exciting because uh-huh. I, I honestly thought it was going to be like a complete sweep for garlic because garlic mm-hmm. like really swept last year. So I think that's really interesting. What's um, mm-hmm. what's your like favorite kind of fish? My favorite kind of fish. Oh, goodness. I guess um, that's another thing, right? You don't even have to cook fish. You can do like sashimis or tartars. I love tuna, actually. Tuna or like a salmon sashimi is was like my favorite thing ever. Or even like a ceviche actually. Like very often when I make myself food at home, if I'm trying to be a little bit healthy, I'll make like a little bit of rice and I'll make a little rice bowl with a bunch of vegetables and I'll just put a little raw fish mixed with like uh, maybe some orange juice, some lime juice, some some shallots and little capers and stuff and I'll put that on there as well. Awesome. So I guess that's my favorite way to eat my fish. Fair enough. I love a good ceviche. My my go-to is shrimp personally, but I uh there's something really nice about the the like citrusy everything kind of wow yeah it is listeners we're recording this first thing in the morning and i have not had coffee yet so my <laughs> usual inability to find the words for things is like heightened right now by a lack of caffeine but there's something beautiful about ceviche and i will uh <laughs> leave that statement to that <laughs> gotta love ceviche <laughs> Okay, so casting fish for the first round. What about the second matchup? We're going to move into the second matchup now, which is uh, matchup number six, the seventh seed ramen versus the tenth seed dumplings. This one feels harder to me. Yes, it was. Honestly, I actually had to think about this one a lot because I was like, okay, well, you know, do I do I like to have my dumpling filling out like outside of the dumpling with the the, the doughy, you know, pasta? And like, was it a, am I a sauce person or a broth person? It was because a lot of the ingredients are the same, but it's just the it's different how they they present it and they place it, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I uh, I thought about it a lot, and you know, ramen is very comforting. I love. You know, honestly, like making a homemade stock at home and then just like, you know, taking a few sips or having a little mug of it is just the most comforting thing in the world. But I'm really a sauce person, honestly. So mm-hmm. I, I went with dumplings. I think dumplings is the superior of the two. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think I, I would have to agree with you there. For mm-hmm. me, like when I'm in the mood for a bowl of ramen, there's nothing better. 
But if mm-hmm. you ask me on like any day of the week, you know, if I had two takeout options and one was ramen and one was dumplings, I would get dumplings 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, you can have crispy dumplings too, which is really nice. Or you can have them steamed. I'm definitely a fan of the the crispy. Like, I know it, it feels it feels a little bit wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when I go to like a dumpling place and they're like bringing out all the steamer baskets and it's like, okay, cool. Like here's all these baskets of steamed, beautiful dumplings that are delicious. Don't get me wrong. I really like the steamed ones too, yeah. but I will always order fried. And every time I do it, I'm like, do these chefs hate me a little bit? Does does the waiter like <laughs> think I'm an asshole for wanting the fried dumplings? Yeah, no, but it is like, honestly, the texture is just so nice though. Yeah. And, and the sauce is so versatile too. You can have like a uh, peanut butter dumplings, right? Oof. I love peanut butter sauces. Or you can have like a spicy sauce, you know. Oh, peanut butter dumplings. (laughs) (laughs) Never thought dumplings at 9 30 in the morning but <laughs> oh, god i yeah i'm mean, gonna give a shout out to my local chinese restaurant yangtze that is uh down on sherbrooke and ndg um they're wonderful i used to live in an apartment across the street from them and when i lived there i would call them and make my order for pickup and by the time i got across the street it was ready and so i could just like go get my fresh food and come home and eat it and um their shanghai noodles are incredible i always get the shanghai noodles but i also always get their peanut butter dumplings because they're peanut sauce is just exactly perfect you know and like yeah. i think that's the context where where i like a softer dumpling otherwise mm-hmm. i like them fried you know but if they're covered in yeah. peanut sauce yeah. that's when i want them soft yeah if it's a good like thick saucy dumpling then yeah then it's nice to have a soft one but oh. you know, yeah. <laughs> i think i'm gonna have to oh. get i think i'm gonna have to get peanut butter dumplings today <laughs> Yeah, right. I think it's like, you know, it's been a while. <laughs> well, I have, um, I just got a meat grinder, right? I, I was telling you about this yesterday, but I don't think yeah, my listeners yeah. know this yet. Um, I just got a meat grinder and I'm like excited to play around with that, excited to, you know, get into making my own sausages this summer. But the other thing I realized is that it's going to make mixing two different kinds of meat together a whole lot easier and I'm not going to have to use my hands as much and it's going to be just great and uh, the thing that I was thinking about is um, last week at one point I made these meatballs that were um, oh I don't remember the name of the Instagram account but there's an Instagram account Omnom Paleo maybe that sounds right she has a recipe for wonton flavored meatballs so it's like Mm -hmm. ground pork and shrimp and um, chives and a bunch of other stuff mixed together into a meatball and it's like functionally like what you expect as like the the stuffing of a really good dumpling um and i keep thinking about how like i want those meatballs and then i want to cover that in peanut sauce and like serve it up <laughs> on like a rice noodle or something oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> and like i was gonna make those meatballs tonight so like i think there is literally nothing stock like we have peanut butter and like sesame oil oh, okay yeah fuck it i think i'm gonna have to make those meatballs with peanut sauce today <laughs> Yeah, honestly, do it. Honestly, <laughs> live your best life. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's it. My best life is peanut sauce dumpling meatball <laughs> mornings. <laughs> My yeah. best life is not mornings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Rachel, do you have any final thoughts on uh, I guess on fish or on dumplings before we wrap up? I love both of them. <laughs> <laughs> because of the way that the tournament is structured this year, they mm-hmm. assuming that they are the two winners, right? They would yeah. be going up against each other in the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. So, who would you vote for, were it to come down to fish versus dumplings? Uh, I think, I think it would have to be dumplings. The- I think because I mean I love fish, but you can have fish dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. I feel like it. It it very frequently comes down to like, well, you can put this one in the other one, so it's got to be the other one. <laughs> and it's like as much as I do love fish, you know, it's just 
dumplings are also kind of comfort food, and fish is, you know, it is versatile, but I don't know. Yeah, you can you can more or less put all any fish in a dumpling. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I I definitely don't think don't think of fish as comfort food. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a good like like, restaurant food, but not comfort. I I don't like have a bad day and go, you know what I need right now is a piece of salmon. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. I find for me, it's usually like, uh, oh, you know, I want to eat a little bit healthier. So I'm going to, I'm going to buy some fish. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. It's like, I feel like uh, I, I think my, like the majority of my fish intake tends to be, uh, actually, I guess the majority of my fish intake is fish sauce technically, but like the, the real, you know, the fish that I eat the most is just smoked salmon, which like doesn't totally feel like it counts, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but I mean, <laughs> salmon's really good though, honestly. And it's, it's versatile too. And again, like, like I said, I, I personally, I, I love like a, a salmon, uh, sashimi or a tartar, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm bougie like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I think you're allowed to be bougie. It's been a crazy year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's been interesting. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for doing this. Do you have anything you want to plug before I let you go? Uh, nope. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Fair enough. Can you remind me what your Instagram handle is so that people can go check it out and see all the tasty things you make? Yep. I believe it's uh, Rai Raiku. Sweet. Yeah. So I'll make sure to uh, I'll make sure to include that in the description of this episode as well, so that people can find it yeah, for ease awesome. of access. Rachel, thank yeah, you so much. Perfect. It's been a pleasure. I'll make sure to get you back for a, a full length episode as well once Munch Madness is over. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. I love that. <laughs> take care. <laughs> yeah, take care. All right. So we know that dumplings have beaten out ramen and are moving forward to the quarterfinals. But in a shocking turn of events, last year's runner-up garlic is currently tied at one vote apiece with fish. So it's time for me to bring in a tiebreaker, but it's also super early on a Saturday morning. So I feel like it's worth mentioning that my tiebreaker judge is coming to us live from the comfort of his bed in beautiful Verdun, Quebec. So my tiebreaker for this episode of Up for Discussion Munch Madness is somebody that you all know and love. He's a former host of the show, my original co-host on this podcast, Up for Discussion, Simon Peltier. How are you doing? Oh, you know what? I'm I'm breaking ties all over. I'm breaking neckties, bow ties, twist ties, zip ties, just breaking them all over. Breaking a lot of zip ties these days? I with my bare hands. Wow. You 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 tried doing that. I'll give it a shot and I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> it will not go well, I promise. Your little thingies will be sore. Oh no, my little feeny beanies. Well, Simon, uh we have a tide break today, obviously, which is why I'm calling you at nine fifty five in the morning on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, if, you know what? If I if I were to have a, a a WWE wrestler name, it would be the tiebreaker. Okay. Well, hey, that's great. Uh, <laughs> God, the mornings are hard, Simon. The mornings are hard. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, the tie that needs breaking is between our second seed garlic and our 15th seed fish. Simon, what do you prefer between garlic and fish and why? Garlic all over the place, baby. Okay. Because garlic can go on anything and fish cannot. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the image right away in my brain was like, you can't put either of those in soup. <laughs> Not soup. That's, the one, that's cereal. the one time they can both go in the same thing is fish soup. I meant cereal. This is how tired I am. <laughs> you, you can have you can have garlic in a breakfast thing. You know, you can have garlic in an omelet or in like a other stuff but you can't have fish you can't have fish for breakfast that's insane if someone had fish for breakfast they should go to jail sure 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know what? I can't disagree with you. Fish for... No, you know what? Actually, I think there's probably... I, I'm going to take that back because I think there's probably cultures where fish for breakfast is a super oh, normal sure. thing. And I don't want to like... Sure. condemn. Oh, what the hell? Smoked salmon. Hang on. Sm- oh, my God. Simon, we're both oh, going to jail. God. You just reminded me of my favorite kind of fish. Smoked salmon. <laughs> Does that change your vote or are you still garlic? No, I'm still going to go garlic. Okay, cool. Well, that settles it. That means that garlic is advancing to the quarterfinals where it'll be fighting against Dumplings, who was the other winner from this episode. Ooh, that's a big one. That's I a know. tough one. It is, All right? right? I'm, I'm glad I don't have to break band ties because that, that would be like five zip ties on my pinkies and I don't want to do that. Yeah, that sounds painful for your little feeners. Yeah. Uh, well, Simon, do you have anything you want to plug before I let you go? No. Cool. <laughs> where can people where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Instagram very rarely these days, but I'm there. I'm at no the other Simon. Sweet. Yeah, you had an Instagram story that made me scream laugh yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> when you posted a photo of your phone, except it wasn't your phone, it was just a phone case with a cliff bar in it. <laughs> it wasn't ready. That was like I I think that's my 2021 Instagram stories rebirth. I have not been doing very much Instagramming uh, for the pandemic, but then I had that idea yesterday, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. This is it. I'm I'm back. It was incredible, man. It was so. Oh God. Just just <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Simon, thank you for casting a tiebreaker vote. I'll let you get back to lying in bed. Oh, I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get up and get started with my day. I've got. <laughs> I'm sure I've got stuff to do. I'll find stuff to do. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Say hi to Lauren for me. I will. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks right, again. Bye. So that settles it. Our winners for this episode of Munch Madness are, of course, garlic and dumplings. Which one of them will move forward past the quarterfinals? We'll find out eventually. Thanks so much for listening to Up for Discussions Munch Madness. Are you super mad about how today's matchups went down? Tell me all about it on Twitter and Instagram at DownWithTalking or at TomZalatni. If you like this episode and want to help me make the show even better, you can head to Patreon.com slash UpForDiscussion to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Erica, Chantal, and David. Patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show, so check that out at Patreon.com slash UpForDiscussion. I'll remind you again that another way to get awesome perks is by donating to our Indiegogo campaign and you can hit the link for that in the description of this episode as well we also have merch you can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at t public and of course you can support the show for free by leaving a rating review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend our theme music is by zach ingles and our cover art is by david flam you can find links for both of them as well as links to everything that emily rachel and simon talked about in the description of this episode last but not least the show is produced and edited by me tom zalatni as part of the upford network you can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com including the most recently added show, The Queer Teen Podcast, hosted by Anthony Giorgio, that is very, very good and definitely worth checking out. We'll see you next week for the final episode of the first round matchups of Munch Madness, pie versus chicken and pizza versus mac and cheese. you understand It just takes a little time It takes a little time Well 
I'm Tefra Ajemian, the producer and host of the Yeah Podcast, a young adult lit review podcast focusing on amplifying the diverse voices in YA literature. Join us as we dig into the world of young adult books, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA lit can teach us at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upford Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else.